Dr. Baker, I don't remember if he said he would do it or not, but he did do it. He called me later in the day on that Tuesday and told me that there were no medical findings that showed any injury to the vital structures of Mr. Floyd's neck. There were no medical indications of asphyxia or strangulation. He said to me, Amy, what happens when the actual evidence doesn't match up with the public narrative that everyone's already decided on? And then he said, this is the kind of case that ends careers. Okay, so Dr. Baker is who you attribute that sentence. Yes. That is part of the deposition from Amy Sweezy, who is a former prosecutor at the Hennepin County Prosecutor's Office in Minnesota. Hennepin County is where George Floyd died, and they were who were going to bring the charges, or at least decide on bringing charges against Derek Chauvin and the three other former Minneapolis police officers in the death of George Floyd. Ms. Sweezy was deposed in a civil lawsuit under oath after she left the Hennepin County Prosecutor's Office. Her and her former co-worker, uh, Mr. Patrick Lofton, who was a senior assistant county attorney, both resigned from the case involving Derek Chauvin and the three other Minneapolis police officers. The part that I read you is very important and very vital that there were no medical indications of asphyxia or strangulation based on the findings from Dr. Baker, who performed the autopsy on George Floyd, Dr. Andrew Baker. Yet Derek Chauvin is rotting in a prison cell for murdering George Floyd because allegedly the knee on the neck killed him, yet there's no evidence here that says that killed him, but there is evidence that says he had illicit narcotics in his body, enough to kill a human. That comes with the caveat of if one is already a habitual drug user or drug addict, the normal amount that would kill you or I, who is not a habitual drug addict, won't affect them in the same way it will affect us. Much like the first time you have your first alcoholic drink is a lot different than the thousandth time you have an alcoholic drink. I would hope that a lot of you listening to this are in the same mindset that I am and have been since all of this went down is that Derek Chauvin and those other three officers did not kill George Floyd. I don't even believe their actions aided in the death of George Floyd. George Floyd aided in the death of George Floyd. 
I'm sure some of you listening as well, like myself, have been choked or choked out. You know, we all watched the UFC and some of us tried some of those moves. The one thing I could never do if I was in a legitimate choke, choke hold, whatever it was, neck choke, where my breathing is being cut off, I couldn't fucking talk. I literally couldn't tell you I can't breathe. Because you can't form words and sentences with no air coming through. It doesn't work that way. That's why guys tap. One, it's loud inside the UFC generally. But two, that is really to tell the guy who's choking you, please stop this. You win. I, I can't breathe. My arm hurts. Whatever. Yet George Floyd is perfectly coherent. Sped up even. Yelling, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy. I'm not the guy. Well, I think you were that guy. And it sounded like you're breathing really fast to me. Sound like you're taking a whole lot of breaths. But alas, you know, Tucker came out this week. I think it was earlier this week, maybe end of last week. Put on X the video talking about this deposition from Miss Sweezy and talking about how, yes, George Floyd was killed by George Floyd. He led to that happening. And pointing to her statements about the autopsy and that there was no strangulation or no asphyxiation, asphyxia that they could tell from the autopsy, that that points to Chauvin being innocent of murder. I agree. But I've known this since the trial was going on with Chauvin. This came out then. But for me, it was a confirmation bias in that, again, going back to the video of where he's yelling that he can't breathe, you're a liar because, again, if you can't breathe, you can't form words, sentences. I wouldn't know you couldn't breathe by you telling me verbally. And so Minnesota burned, and Minneapolis burned, and other municipalities burned over a media narrative and a man is sitting in prison over a media narrative is Derek Chauvin a good guy I don't know I don't know him was he a shitty cop I don't know I don't know him I never had any action, interactions with him does he deserve to be in prison for the murder of George Floyd absolutely not absolutely not even the chief of police defended the tactics which he was using that day as being part of the training and perfectly legal for the police and members of the police department to implement that day that he implemented them. Some of the things that are really disturbing about what's come out about the deposition from Ms. Sweezy and Mr. Lofton don't necessarily have to do with Chauvin, they have to do with the other three attorneys, or excuse me, the other three officers. That is why 
Sweezy and Lofton withdrew from the case due to quote-unquote professional and ethical rules because they opposed charging the other three officers with any crime. I should point out that the depositions were conducted in relation to a lawsuit filed by Amy Sweezy. Um, Sweezy is suing after settling a claim with the Minnesota Department of Human Rights alleging that Freeman... Freeman is the former uh, prosecutor, or excuse me, he is the former district attorney of Hennepin County. Um, Freeman engaged in sex discrimination and retaliation in the office. Hennepin County agreed to pay $190,000 to settle the Department of Human Rights claim, which is why these depositions are now... Uh, in public view, although some are very heavily redacted. Uh, let's see. Freeman left office in January, and Sweezy resigned from The Current in April. According to the new documents, Senior Assistant County Attorney Patrick Lofton, who worked on police use of force cases, with Sweezy said the relationship between Sweezy and Freeman soured after Lofton and Sweezy withdrew from the officers' cases formally on June 3rd, 2020. Lofton explained the pressure they were under to file charges. Quote, the Chauvin stuff is the catalyst of this, Lofton said, according to a transcript from his June 6th deposition. There was extreme pressure, yes. The city was burning down, Lofton said. Lofton decided to write a letter to Freeman on June 3rd, 2020, explaining his decision to withdraw from the case. He explained, I wanted in writing, I wanted it in writing, and I wanted to make sure that that bleh, I wanted to make sure it was documented that I wasn't going to let that situation, what was going on in the world, affect my judgment because I have to sleep at night no matter what. And so I wrote the letter and I wanted it to be memorialized. So they knew they were going to get Chauvin. And I should also point out that Sweezy and Lofton were going to charge Chauvin. That's not, that's not in debate here. So even with, even with Sweezy's testimony about Dr. Baker and what he said about the medical examination the medical examiner, what he said about the autopsy, quote, there were no medical indications of asphyxia or strangulation. She and Mr. Lofton still wanted to go after Chauvin. So I know in listening to Tucker's segment, it makes Sweezy sound like some sort of moral hero that he... he Tucker kind of glosses over the fact that she still wanted to prosecute Chauvin under third-degree murder. Um, Tucker just goes to the meat and says, Chauvin's innocent, which I agree with. I don't know necessarily that I would say he's innocent. He's definitely not guilty of the murder of George Floyd. And there is some delineation there. Innocent means I 100% innocent. I had nothing to do with this. I was not in that place at that time. Um... 
I think a rational person can say, um, I don't know. I, I, he's definitely not guilty, but I don't think a rational person can say he's 100% innocent because he was there. He was holding him down, but he was not killing him, and he was not choking him or asphyxiating him or strangle, strangling him. So he's definitely not guilty of it as far as I'm concerned, yet he still sits in a jail cell. And uh, Miss Sweezy and Mr. Lofton are not innocent in what they did either. And how is uh, Minnesota, Minneapolis doing now after this? How are many cities doing after this? Uh, how many cities did really well right in the aftermath of all of that? You know, it was a, uh, it's mostly peaceful, of course. The summer of BLM. How many, how many hundreds of people are dead now because of that? How many thousands of people are also affected because of that, negatively impacted because of the summer of love and George Floyd and all of that nonsense that went on? Well, I can tell you one that suffered from it greatly and is still suffering. I saw a list that came out, uh, I think two weeks ago, maybe a week ago. I saw it after that, but it really struck me because it is a list. It's the top 20 cities with the most murders for 2023 in the United States. And there are some perennial all-stars on there. You know, your Baltimore's, your New Orleans, your Detroit, your St. Louis's, Chicago, Memphis, Philadelphia, what have you. So you got some perennial all-stars on there of murder capitals of the United States. No, not a, not a big surprise in some of them. But the biggest surprise to me, kind of a surprise, actually it was a big surprise, and then after I sat there and kind of thought about it, I was like, well, I guess it's not that big a surprise when you kind of put everything together. But let's just kind of go down the list here. So number one, so these are based on murders per 100,000 people. St. Louis, number one, way out in front, actually, 69.4 murders per 100,000 people. Number two is Baltimore with 51.1. So that's an 18.3 lead by St. Louis. So the top five are St. Louis, Baltimore, New Orleans, Detroit, Cleveland, Ohio. Cleveland's kind of surprising, I think. Then you have Las Vegas at six, Kansas City Mo at uh, number seven. We've got number eight, Memphis, nine, Newark, 10, Chicago, Illinois. Number 11, Cincinnati, Ohio, 12, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, 13, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, which is a little bit surprising, but they really suffered in the aftermath of the BLMs. But not like number 14 and probably the most surprising of them all. Tulsa, Oklahoma. With an 18.6 murders per 100,000 people. 
Good old Tulsa, Oklahoma. Deep in a deep red state. Tulsa, Oklahoma. Tulsa. Just to put it in context here, Oakland comes in at 18 and Washington, D.C. at 19. So Washington, D.C. and Oakland, California are safer than Tulsa, Oklahoma. Think about that. Can anyone guess who's not from the Tulsa area or Northeast Oklahoma? Can anyone guess why that might be? What, what is the catalyst, might you say, that has Tulsa in the top 20, not only in the top 20, but barely behind Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Philly, and more dangerous than Oakland and D.C.? Maybe it's the Tulsa Race Riot talk 24-7 and not letting that go, or should I say, bringing it back up constantly, and a mayor that has embraced the Tulsa race riot and pseudo-reparations for the quote-unquote victims and those who were impacted by the Tulsa race riot in 1921. The mayor of Tulsa is a guy named G.T. Bynum. He has an R next to his name. He is certainly not a Republican. He definitely knows how to win an election in Oklahoma, obviously. I believe he's on his second term, if not his third. Everything has gotten worse under his watch. You have a very woke city council. You have a very woke um, city government. He is a fairly woke individual himself. And now, we are in the top 15 most dangerous cities in America for murder. Think about that. Another news story recently from a local news station here, KJRH, the NBC affiliate, is talking about the Tulsa Fire Department is making more harm reduction kits available. Well, what is a harm reduction kit, you ask? Well, it sounds nice, doesn't it? It sounds very helpful. Well, these free kits, free kits, mind you, include Narcan, fentanyl test strips, and QR codes directing to community resources. These things are connected. The George Floyds of the world are celebrated erroneously and wrongfully celebrated at the highest levels of our government. No one listening to me right now, no one within the sound of my voice, 
would ever want their son or their daughter to end up like George Floyd? None. And anyone that says they do is a liar. No one would choose that for their child. And anyone who did honestly choose that for their child should be thrown in prison themselves. And that's where George Floyd should have been. He should not have been out running amok, doing the things he was doing, getting himself in trouble, having multiple run-ins with police. And Tulsa should be a safe, small city in the United States of America. But due to bad decisions, due to bad representation, we have imported those poor decisions of much bigger cities into our small little Midwestern town. The police chief is woke. He's a, a uh, woke hire. He is a black man from somewhere else who never policed in Tulsa. He is not impressive as he stands there and gives a press conference. The You can tell that the police officers are not fans of his. And the results bear it out. One of the things... I've been spending a lot more time in Tulsa uh, visiting with some relatives who live in the city. I live way far outside of the city. I never go there unless I have to anymore. But I have been spending some time there here in the recent weeks, like I said. And so I'm driving around town, and I'm in various parts of town, from the north side, which is the bad side, quote-unquote, to the south side, which is the better side, the less crime side, and all around. One of the things I noticed, or I should say that I was reminded of, is it's the broken windows theory. I'm sure you're all familiar, familiar with the broken windows theory. You replace the broken windows in the abandoned building. You do the little things and then police the little crimes, and then all of a sudden the major crimes go down as well because you're policing all the little things and you're cleaning up the area, what have you. One of the things that has always stood out to me, and this may not be a universal thing, but I have seen it in multiple cities, not just here in Oklahoma. The homeless pushing the shopping carts, that's almost a that's a trope, it's a stereotype, it's a thing you see if you see homeless around. You'll see them pushing shopping carts, right? We've all seen it, I think, or we've at least seen it in a movie, television show, whatever. Why are the police not stopping them and confiscating the shopping cart? Can anyone tell me where one buys a shopping cart? If you wanted to buy a shopping cart today, would you know where to go buy a shopping cart? So, if you don't know where to buy one or acquire one, you're left with two options, one of which is making your own or stealing one, right? Why are homeless allowed to just wander off and wander around with a shopping cart? Why are we not policing that crime? Why is that not an issue? Are you catching my point here? That police the little crimes, 
do the little things. If you don't want your city overrun with homeless, run them off by harassing them, legally harassing them, running them off from loitering, harassing them over the shopping carts, when they get into traffic, when they jaywalk, when they do any number of different things, when they're squatted on a sidewalk, get them moving, harass them. That's the other thing that has exploded under Bynum's watch here in Tulsa is the homeless population. When they built the BOK Center in downtown Tulsa about 20 years ago, give or take, there was a sizable homeless population just in downtown and just north of downtown is where they camped out. Well, as they started construction on the BOK, they got rid of the homeless encampments everywhere. One of the biggest ones was north of I-244 by the Canes Ballroom, and they burned the son of a bitch to the ground. They got all the people out. There was no people there. But they basically burned it to the ground. And now it's back. And now the homeless encampments are back. And now the crime is way up. And the fentanyl use obviously is a problem. And the other opioids is a giant problem because you have the Tulsa Fire Department handing out harm reduction kits that include Narcan, fentanyl test strips, and some QR code directing the community resources, whatever the hell that means. So here we are. Thank you, St. George Floyd. Thank you, BLM. Thank you the people who wanted to defund the police. Thank you to all the people who wanted to decriminalize criminal activity, including theft and assaults and other various things, cashless bail, what have you. Thank you all. You're all worthless and weak, and you all should be thrown into prison along with George Floyd and his acolytes. It's unbelievable to me to watch the United States of America and some of the most beautiful cities that ever once existed just wither and die. Wither and die under the woke political sphere. Wither and die because the Republican Party is too weak and feeble to actually do anything. They abandoned the cities 40 years ago. And I almost blame them more than I blame Democrats at this point. At least the Democrats are doing the things they said they were going to do, and they're in the cities. They may not like what they're doing and what they said they were going to do, but you can't fault them for doing exactly what they said they were going to do. While the Republicans were focused on wars in the Middle East, and otherwhere, other places around the world, the Democrats were focused on taking over cities and securing votes and securing power in some of the most uh, once beautiful places in this country. And they did it. And now look at you. Now it's spreading even more. Even in the places where you didn't think it would spread, it's just going to spread. At some point, these things are going to have to get back under control. I don't know who is going to do it necessarily. Maybe it will be up to the citizens. I don't know. But if the police ever have a chance at getting these things back under control, unfortunately, they're going to have to violate some civil rights. They're going to have to stop and frisk. They're going to have to harass people who seem out of place in the communities because the police are in the communities. So I'm sorry if you're driving a nice car with $4,000 worth of rims on it at 2 o'clock in the morning in a neighborhood 
and you get pulled over, well, guess what? Sorry, that's part of it. You're out of place. Does that mean you're guilty? Absolutely not. But you're out of place in your $80,000 Escalade in a neighborhood in which the medium home price is somewhere in the neighborhood of $50,000. Something's up here. Is it nefarious? Don't know. But if I'm a cop, I've got to find out. And that's how these things are going to get back under control, unfortunately. You're going to have to push the crime that has moved from one part of the city to another back to where it originated from. You're going to have to harass people constantly. Because if you don't, you're just going to end up with completely lawless places like your Portland's and your Seattle's and your St. Louis, apparently. People just killing each other left and right. My God. That's what you're going to get. And or you're going to get Detroit, where everyone has basically completely abandoned Detroit, and the tax base is nothing, and all the industry has left, and it's a complete and utter shithole. At this point, raising your child in Detroit seems like a, a, a seems like child abuse. Or raising your child in St. Louis, especially East St. Louis, that, that seems like a crime in and of itself at this point. Jesus. It's ridiculous. This is America. What what are we what why is this even allowed to happen? You know, the federal government has no jurisdiction over a city until it becomes a fucking war zone, and then the federal government has to step in. What what is the FBI doing? Why are they not there? Why has Chicago been a hellhole full of murder and gangs for as long as I've been alive? Why is New Orleans an absolute shit show. Why is St. Louis an absolute shit show? What was that number? Let me look that back up. 69.4 murders per 100,000 people. That's ridiculous. Baltimore has been a shithole my whole life. Why is that? Why is that allowed to exist? You're never going to get rid of all crime or all murders. There's a lot of dumbasses in the world. But 69 murders per 100,000 people in St. Louis, Missouri? This is acceptable to any president of the last 10, 20 years? That? 70 people out per 100,000. Murdered. Dead. That is ridiculous. We had this whole big deal about COVID-19 and how fucking deadly it was and how it was going to kill everybody and you've got to wear two masks and you've got to maintain social distancing and you got to wash your hands and you got to Lysol your fucking guts out or whatever you've got to do and you've got to take these vaccines that don't fucking work but you need the boosters. you got to do all of this shit for a disease, for a cold... For a goddamn cold that has a 99.9% survival rate if you contract it. And we shut down entire cities and economies for that shit, but 70 people per 100,000 are just shot to fucking death or stabbed to death or beaten to death or run over to death, however they're murdered. That we're fine with 
No president even fucking talks about it? That's a Democrat-run city, my friend. I know Joe Biden's not all there, but someone in the goddamn regime has to pipe up and go, Hey, this, this can't happen. This cannot keep happening. It almost tells you that it's engineered, that it's okay. It definitely tells you that it's okay. And it also tells you that there's something more nefarious at play here. And it has to be a money thing because no one just wants unfettered death. That, that does nothing. You just have to be sadistic and psych. I, I don't even know the verbiage to, to describe the person who's just into dead people other than fucking fucked up. Scientific term. No need to concern yourself with it. So there, there's more play here. There has to be. 70 people per 100,000 murdered in a Midwestern city. And then you got another one at seven in Kansas City, Missouri, on the other side of the state. So the east and west parts of Missouri are absolute shit shows. And no president is talking about it, or our current president is not talking about it. What the fuck is going on? And Tulsa's right there, about to be right there with them. Right there with them. It was ridiculous. How does this stand? How is this allowed to happen? Why aren't we doing anything? Why aren't I doing anything? Why aren't you doing anything? What the hell would you even do? Where do you start? I mean, it's just absolutely ridiculous. How many minor infractions or minor crimes they don't, probably don't do a damn thing about? That is absolutely ridiculous. Is it leading CNN? Nope. I had to go to a website co called worldpopulationreview.com. Unbelievable. Is any media site covering that? No. But the one thing they are covering is the Israel-Hamas drama and war, which may or may not be expanding at this point. I saw that Israel hit some targets inside Lebanon. For those who aren't familiar, Israel is bordered on its west by the Mediterranean Sea, on its north by Lebanon, on its northeast by Syria, on its east by Jordan, and on its southern slash southwestern side by Egypt. And of course, I'm sure you all know at this point that Gaza is on the south side, the southwestern, more west, west-southwest side, bordering Egypt as well. We're familiar with the Palestinians and the Hamas and Palestinian Authority within the Gaza Strip. You should also be familiar with Hezbollah, who runs Lebanon. Lebanon, by the way, if you're not familiar, also 34 years ago was an amazing success story. The Paris of the Middle East, if you will. Gorgeous countryside and beaches. And ever since the... Uh, Ever since 
Islam became the thing and they were taken over by a, uh, what would you say, not radical Muslim. Well, maybe they are radical, but uh, definitely devout Muslim, and that's the way they govern is based upon the teachings of Islam first and the people's rights second. Well, you end up with Lebanon in a failed state. So, Israel, protecting its north, has been hitting targets inside Lebanon. And we, and this is the United States, have moved some carriers into the Mediterranean. Um, do I think this is going to expand? I think possibly it expands into Lebanon, maybe not on full scale. But apparently we are there to make sure Lebanon understands that if you get involved, it's the age-old fuck around and find out, hashtag F-A-F-O. We got a carrier that can do some major damage. There's people talking about getting into war with Iran. I don't see that because Iran is a paper tiger. Um, Iran, the mullahs. And the Ayatollah must understand in Iran that you don't control the people. The people are basically against you. And uh, if you give us a reason to start lighting you up, we will do just that from Kuwait, possibly Iraq. And that's all she wrote for you. And the people will overtake you. If you remember all the protests that were happening, I guess it's been a year now after they... the. Iranian police, whatever they were called, beat that woman to death for not wearing her burqa correctly. Um, I don't believe the people are on your side. They're mullahs. Um, does Turkey get involved? No, Turkey's not going to get involved. Are they going to help? Are they going to fund things? Are they going to run guns through Syria? Probably. I've seen people talking about we might overthrow Assad and Assyria. I feel like that time's passed. Not only that, but... Uh, the Russians might not be too happy about that, nor will the Turks possibly, but either way, not that I'm worried about any of those. Um, let's just think, let's just look at it this way. Those of you that are very concerned with us getting into war, I totally understand. Um, I don't see that if we were to actually strike tar targets in Lebanon and Syria, which Syria we probably should because we've been attacked, our base has been attacked in the last week if we were to start striking targets Assad knows he can't stand up to the United States uh, Russia is very busy in the Ukraine uh, China don't worry about China China is a paper tiger um, so if we start striking targets in Lebanon and Syria Lebanon again if you if you want to go to war with us that's fine we, I, not one boot will ever need to be put on the ground we'll just explode you from the air jordan's gonna stay out of this thing jordan wants none of this none of it absolutely none of it and especially they want no refuge palestinian refugees at all same with egypt none of them want anything to do with this they've had their nose bloodied by israel time and time again now we're involved never have we actually sat there and helped israel um if 
Joe Biden can make it abundantly clear, which, yes, I know is a very uphill battle. And, yes, I know that was a bad analogy. That was a good pun, though. Um, it wasn't a pun, but anyway, it's a good joke. I know it's an uphill battle for Biden. Well, I guess if it's not upstairs, he's got a shot. He might be able to traverse a hill. But for him to speak clearly and let everyone know kind of where we stand and where they stand, um, if he can do that, I think everything else kind of takes care of itself. But if there's mush there, if there's any sort of wobbly knees, then it gets really fucking weird really fucking quick. If he can just be concise and clear, we'll take care of all of this. And it'll just maintain Israel versus Hamas in Gaza. If he's not clear and concise, Lebanon may get froggy and may decide to get involved. Then Israel goes to full-scale war on two fronts and possibly us running some very major backup for them from the Mediterranean. Does that involve boots on the ground? Now it's possible. Now it is very possible. Let's try to avoid that, though, Creepy Joe. But... This is going to conclude the Black Pill episode of the Toxic American Podcast. Uh, let me know if you like the new format where I just kind of start and keep going. Um, but give me a follow over at Twitter. Uh, like, subscribe to the show on Spotify, iTunes, various other places where you can find it. Share it with your friends. Tell your friends. Um, Anyway, I appreciate you guys for listening. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll catch you next time.